0: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
1: Rebound taken by Duncan Keith. The shot, he scores! Oh, Keith! A roof shot up over the right
2: shoulder of Dwayne Rollinson. A rising blast just under the crossbar. And Duncan Keith. Remember, Chicago.
0: It's better to live one day as a lion And a thousand years as a lion. And this season's first trophy winner is Duncan Keith.
3: The unanimous selection, Duncan Keith. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison, and it feels like we've been a month since we did this, so hopefully I remember how to talk and all those things, Uh, but I'm your... I'm your host, Dave Melton, the set manager at Second City Hockey. Uh, you still can't find me on Twitter because I'm still banned on Twitter for uh, reasons. But um, thank you for turning into this episode. I've gotten my usual line mates with me. And I think the last time we did this episode, it was very, uh, it was a pretty somber podcast for some very serious reasons. And uh, it's pretty somber again tonight, although for reasons slightly less hearted, but still not exactly uh, all that all that fun to talk about. So, uh, without going too far into that, let's bring in the rest of the crew. First off, it is the analytics styling of Second City Hockey, Shepard
0: Price. I am the last remaining ginger beard of the Chicago Blackhawks. There can only be one.
3: Not one. There's got to be one prospect
0: somewhere. Mm, mm, mm. It's only me. No. Oh. It's only it's only me now.
2: might be right about that because i don't i'm sitting here going through my prospect catalog and i'm like none of them are ginger so yeah
3: all right well i guess we'll uh when we do the draft profiles we'll find the ginger in the draft there's got to be one maybe in like the sixth round they'll take one (laughs) um doesn't Lanny mcdonald have a grandkid coming up soon i don't know who, who knows I don't know. Uh also with us this evening, he is the second city hockey. What cove Reber is Cove yeah, uh, Cove reaper is the salesman. It is Mill Savage.
1: You know, thanks, Dave. You probably heard me talking about my love for Cove and that uh sales and bug record. So I appreciate that.
3: I almost said cove Weber and it's not, it's Reber and yeah, team Cove all day over yeah, Anthony Green. Sure. Get that, that shit that out record's,
1: that record's amazing and uh also, unlike Shepard, I think all of my countrymen play in the NBA or are tennis players.
3: Uh, Shepard Betsy, do you guys have thoughts on the Say Ocean lead singer debate? We sh- well, should it be Cove or Anthony Green? The who? What?
2: I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know those that's, people.
3: That's exactly the reaction I was hoping for. Uh, by the way, I almost forgot. Shepard's on Twitter at Shepherd Price or Shepherd G. Price. One of those two. Shepherd Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's never there anyway. Mill's on Twitter at Millman82. And the last person I'm going to bring in is not on Twitter, but you can find all of her work at Second City Hockey under the name LBR. And she is the Second City Hockey bull and wall of text. It is Betsy.
2: I was, I just realized that I didn't do all my gifts in the Keith post yet. Like it just hit me and I was like, (laughs) oh my God, why did I not? I know I was busy with work, but I feel like I've let people down. I need to go do this once this pod is done
3: oh yeah well there there will be plenty of time for sad gifts um i mean uh like we referenced earlier the brooklyn 99 i think i'm gonna go cry now gift that's a no these are
2: gonna be happy gifts of of keith in his career oh
3: oh oh, yeah no do that yeah that'll be good i actually have been watching a few uh found myself perusing youtube highlights a little bit uh because somebody actually on twitter mentioned the one it happened in 2019 i think where keith uh he broke up a McKinnon rush, then picked up the puck and and kind of outraced McKinnon to the other net in overtime and scored the game winner. So, so that was cool. So, gift that one too while you're at it.
2: Okay, if I can find
1: that. Yeah, a that was that's a
3: very uh, specific one.
1: A bunch of your gifts will probably be in the intro. You guys haven't heard the intro I made, but it's Keith related.
3: I'm I'm already looking forward to listening to that. So that's going to be good. Um, it, so yeah, it's so, short.
1: It's short and sweet, but we love Duncan Keith.
3: Yeah. So. The reason we've gathered for this Musings on Madison episode on a Monday night, when we usually gather on a Tuesday night, but whatever, uh, the reason we've already discussed and I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast knows about it by now, Duncan Keith has been traded to the Edmonton Oilers and it actually, within the last half an hour to an hour, it's actually been made official by the Blackhawks organization. So no going back now, no takesies, backsies, because it's kind of, it, it seems like it's a decent to good deal for the Hawks. But they traded Duncan Keith and prospect Tim Soderland to Edmonton for Caleb Jones and a conditional third-round pick in the 2022 NHL Draft. That conditional third-round pick in 2022 can move from the third to the second round if Edmonton wins three rounds in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs, and huh. he is among the top four in Edmonton uh, on, among the top four in Edmonton on ice time among the Oilers' defensemen.
0: The, well, the second the one, ladder, ladder, the second, the, the, one, yeah, the latter one is easy. The the second, the yeah. first one is very hard.
3: Yeah, yeah. Everybody on Twitter already made that joke, so you you haven't made it already. Feel <laughs> free to make it yourselves in your head, and we can keep moving along. Um, I'm going to bring in everyone here to offer their thoughts on Doug Keith. But I, the the main thought I just want to throw out as we start is just this sucks again. Like I think I said the same thing after the Brent Seabrook trade or not trade his uh, announcement that his hockey career was over. It's just another reminder that. That cup era that was so much fun is even further in the rearview mirror now. You have a guy who was with the Blackhawks for 16 years is not with the team anymore, and it just it sucks. I've I've seen Duncan Keith probably seen his last game as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks, and that sucks. And I don't have anything more eloquent to that than add. So uh, Mill Shepard. Be- well, hey, we'll, we'll go start with Shepard as we usually do, and Shepard, your thoughts on uh, on the trade?
0: I feel like the wrong person to start with, considering I, I knew. I was right, around you know, Keith hey, a lot. I was
3: thinking about this earlier, earlier today. I was going to say this, and I'm glad you brought it up. So, I think in the grumpy old man category that Duncan Keith fits into so well. <laughs> I think Mill and I are probably the closest to the grumpy old men of this podcast. So, I've already talked. So, Mill, if you want to take some thoughts, go right ahead.
1: Sure. So, when Duncan Keith was drafted, I was uh, about to turn ten years old. Okay. If that says anything. And uh, I mean, I saw him every year of his career. Uh, first game I ever went to, uh, he played in well, his rookie year. He fought Alex Burroughs. So that was like a precursor of things to come. Yes. But, uh, you know, this is a guy that we watched as fans become a perennial, like, Hall of Famer. Uh, maybe the most important Hawks player ever, at least in my lifetime. And it's kind of surreal because I, besides Seabrook, he's the only other guy. I haven't watched anybody on a team I followed play for that many years. I think one or two other athletes that's it it's like right this is and he's not retired that's why it's weird yeah
3: he's it's it's like it's the reverse of what the blackhawks did in the 2000s like i think the morning bag skate on monday or also known as today is peter Bondra who scored his 500th career goal with the hawks like the hawks had all these guys at the end of their careers that had brief stints in chicago and now it's happening the other way around where these legends of the Blackhawks are ending up somewhere else like uh, the Wendell Clark, the Peter Bondra, Paul Coffey.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: like that's up. And that was well, happening to the Hawks. And it's weird.
1: I think my overall feeling just to make this quick in the beginning is just to say, I love Duncan Keith as an athlete. I have a lot of great memories watching him. Um, I grew up watching him, you know, and this is very uh, melancholic because I'm happy that he can at least be with his son, like good for him. But yeah. Yeah, I also am so dejected with the organization that this is just another like, you know, it's just another thing coming our way as fans where it's like really like, you know, there's not enough to be upset about. This is more of a sadness than like an anger, but mm-hmm. it's sad. It's a sad day.
3: Yeah. I the thing you said about this is the longest you've watched any athlete. Like while we're all talking here, I'm going to be doing some more looking into this because I'm trying to think of another Chicago professional athlete who was with the team for 16 years. Uh, uh you know within the last like 30 to 40 years because it, it it happened it never it, it happens very rarely but it was even it's even more rare now in the era of free agency and all that like i don't think anybody from the bears played that long because football players don't last that long uh
1: it's gonna be frank thomas maybe right if i'm, that. I'm,
3: I'm gonna look it up as, as we as i throw it to shepherd and betsy i'll see if I, it's probably a baseball player that's the best i yeah. can think of but yeah like i've like you said no how old were you 10
1: uh, in '02, I turned 10.
3: Yeah, I would I would have been turning 15. So, it that's a long, long time. I had a lot more hair back then. <laughs> uh, Betsy Shepard, if you the guys want to take some thoughts, go right ahead.
0: Uh, Canerco for just, yes. just, and then LBR's take it.
3: Good call. I'm going to look that up.
2: Uh, Keith Keith doesn't have quite the like. I love Keith, but he doesn't have quite the place in my heart that Seabrook did. Um, not just because of interactions that I had had with Seabrook off the ice, kind of like endeared him to me. Keith was obviously the more important person on the ice. That's like, it's, I would say arguably Keith was the most important player in the cup runs. I think maybe most people kind of view it that way. Cause it's always flashy. Kane's the flashy one and, and Taves is the dependable one, but Keith was kind of like the backbone and. Right it's, it's, it's really hard to see such a big piece. And we keep saying that it's such a, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, but Seabrook hit really hard. Keith's hitting pretty hard. I don't know what we're going to do. What happens with Taves and Kane, you know, like that's crazy. They've only got two years left on their deals. And so who knows if they move on after that, you know, like, or retire, um since like everybody else is rich I was sitting there I saw Lazarus's tweet that was like Keith traded gonna be retired in like two years Hosa retired Sharp retired Seabrook retired Mm -hmm. Armisen going back to his home country probably retired Crawford retired Shaw retired Versteeg retired Boland retired like that's so many big names in such a short period of time Bufflin's retired if you want to go all the way back to to 2010 yeah. lads pretty much dead right like he's like he still has a contract I think but he's not playing so I mean yeah it just it's Campbell's gone like I it's just such an end of an era and the only people left in Chicago at all from at least the two there was there all the years is Kane and Taves and Taves we didn't even get to see him last year so yeah From an emotional standpoint, I think it's really hard. But from like a perspective of the team where you're like, well, it's not that big. It's not that big a deal in the sense that Keith shouldn't have been playing as much as he was. And I don't think JC would ever reduce his minutes no matter what. So it's probably a good thing that he's going um, as long as those minutes don't go to Zadorov. you know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Let's let's not depress ourselves anymore with (laughs) that.
2: So I I hope Keith is good in Edmonton. I just don't know if that's actually a good landing place for him. Yeah. As a professional, I do. I I love his his energy about where he's like, um, he's like, I think I have stuff left. I'm ready to prove it to people. Um. So I hope he I hope he's really great on a bad Edmonton team.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like I, it doesn't. It seems like he for like for him is he's just going to a similar situation just in a different city. Like I don't the like obviously Edmonton has McDavid and Drys Idol, but outside of that, like what do you got? Like they don't have their defense core is questionable, I think, to say the least.
0: <laughs> so, Darnell Nurse and nothing else. Yeah, it's Darnell yeah. Nurse and nothing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Puff so, Bomb is So injured too, you know, like, and even, even if he's not injured, that doesn't add that much, honestly.
0: Yeah.
3: but
2: It it,
3: it is pretty like for Keith. I mean, you know, (laughs) he's he's been in the league for however long he's been and he gets to call the shots and say, you know, I want to go someplace where I can see my kid more and he has the ability to, he has that pool. So that's, you know, good for him that he can wield that power and he did. Uh, But like the thing you were talking about Betsy with him being like the backbone of the team, like I, keith was never really like one of the beloved guys from the core just because he was very weird i like or he was he was never one of the like he was never in any ads he never did any yeah he's very PR he's our stuff he, he's Go very ahead, quiet
0: and, he, and he's very quiet he doesn't eat pizza like he that's that's <laughs> sort of the two defining traits of duncan keith sort of in chicago is like we like america runs on duncan but like what does that mean
1: personality wise because yeah, they I did say- not run on him yeah, the thing I remember
2: right. most about him is that he used to read books on serial killers. Like that was something yeah, that, that checks out. <laughs> something that Sharp said in a thing that was like uh, another book, like on oh, one of those like little cam things, um, was like another book on serial killers, and it was like, yeah, I could see Duncan Keith doing that on the regular, and that's the only other thing I remember really. And that he'll occasionally uh, get so mad that he'll swing his stick. <laughs> yeah, like
3: he was
0: a, he too was... close to the face. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Like he, he played, he played with an edge and he certainly crossed it on several occasions. You just ask Charlie Coyle or Jeff Carter, like he, or
0: David Backus
3: or David Backus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, somebody mentioned the wakey wakey thing and I kind of laugh at it now. Cause like it, it was terrible, but also kind of funny in the, in the whole process. Um, but yeah, like remember the, so the tweet from Keith at the start or, or uh, during the pandemic, right before they came back for training camp, when it's a picture of him, like emerging from a lake, and the the tweet was, like I'm looking at the tweet right now. It says, "Life is about energy. The powers of the sun and water have a powerful ability to heal." It's just he he's he's an interesting guy, but and he he just he didn't. I think he was the epitome of a guy. He just didn't give a shit about outside perception. He's gonna play hockey the way he wants to play, and he was really 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 fucking good at
0: it. Yeah. Like, he and Marion Host are sort of striking the same, that they're very quiet guys off the mm-hmm. ice, but they're interested in what they were, they're they interested in. And if we ever see them in the game after they retire, it'll be shocking.
3: Oh, yeah. I assume Duncan Keith will retire to the wilderness of uh, Manitoba and will never be heard from again. Maybe. No,
1: he's into baseball. He'll just get like season tickets for some team in FNB all the time. He's into yeah, b- dude. baseball. Uh, the first thing he wanted to see when he got drafted was Wrigley. That was the first thing he did is went to a game i all right he did it, I, I, I
3: would have not put that together in a million years
1: it's probably because baseball and like i love baseball but it's kind of like the best boring thing you can kind of just sit there and like have a beer and just watch yeah that seems very key well
3: it, oh, the idea of sitting outside having a beer and watching a baseball game yeah all right that's that's a good way to put it um yeah and then just i, I and again uh, going back to what betsy said about him being the backbone like I, I don't know how much success the Hawks have in the last 15 years if they don't have Duncan Keith. Like um, I, I, there's, there's so many guys that you can take out of, you could take out of the foundation that the Blackhawks built and that foundation probably crumbles, but I don't think the, I think the biggest piece of that foundation was Duncan Keith because he played 25 minutes a night, 30, if he needed to. And he did so much for the style that he was the perfect marriage of uh, playing style and and system style in for those 2010 hawks because he was he was exactly the type of player joe Quinville wanted in his system and it just worked perfectly
0: yeah he's arguably the best defenseman in franchise history and that
1: arguably is if you're old enough to remember peter palat
3: which none of us it. are I, no. <laughs> I i might be the old person in this pod but i am not that old and I mean, even like even like chris chelios but like in terms of contributions to the franchise, it's Duncan Keith without a question because Keith played so much longer in Chicago than Chelios did.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, too, like with, with Duncan Keith, it's like he wasn't expected to be that guy. I think Seabrook was when he got drafted.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's kind of interesting because he it wasn't like he came out of nowhere, but he really worked hard going from Michigan to the, to juniors to, you know, like he had a long mm-hmm. pass.
3: Never forget that Bob Pulford, who used to be part of the Hawks lackeys when Bill Wirtz was running, he called Duncan Keith. It was either Duncan Keith or Duncan Keith or Dustin Bufflin. One of those two was the worst player the Blackhawks had ever drafted, and the other one was second. Yeah. So never forget that. That's that's what. And speaking, it had to
1: be Keith because Bufflin wasn't drafted. (laughs) There you go. No,
3: Bufflin was was drafted. Bufflin was drafted eighth,
1: eighth, eighth 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 round. round. Yeah, he was Was a late round
3: that doesn't exist.
1: I thought he was signed. Yeah. No, he but, was an eighth pick, but what the hell do I know? <laughs> Nothing clearly my bad,
3: but also like with, with Keith going back, like Keith was also the last, uh, the last remnants of like the really shitty era of black. Well, shitty on the ice, I should say, uh, era of Blackhawks hockey. To when they were just when they were voted the worst franchise in all of professional sports, and Ever. there were seven, eight thousand people at the stadium. Maybe before they got really good, like Taves and Kane showed up, and everything started getting better that season. Keith Seabrook and Sharp were the three holdovers from when things were very, very bad. And uh, Seabrook and Sharp obviously gone already. So Keith Keith was the only guy left from that era. That um, and so like that, uh, that's another like tie seven and another connection gone now. Uh, With the current Blackhawks.
1: Dave, do you remember going to games when there was only like 10,000 or less? It was
3: great. It was, uh, well, I shouldn't say you could get a student with your student ID, you got a $15 ticket, 300 level for eight bucks.
1: I remember my uncle had seasons, so like we would go and stuff, and sometimes they will upgrade you because there's nobody there. And you used to be able to hear them chirping at each other on the ice.
3: And I'm sure Duncan Keith had plenty of things to say.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's funny how, you know, like, he was there and how different it is now. Like when you put that together, that's like, that's a big, big change in a long time. And I think
3: the other thing that stands out about Duncan Keith for me is that he in an era or well, in a sport, I guess, where people still talk, they have stupid opinions about what actually works. All It's always about size and physicality and you got to be big. Duncan Keith was not big. He was mm-hmm. never a big defenseman. Like if he ever weighed more than 200 pounds, I'd, I'd be stunned. I think he was. Let's see what he's at on the
1: Blackhawks roster at the end of no, his 192, I think one ninety two. Yeah,
2: the highest he ever got was one ninety six. Yeah. So
3: he, I mean, he, he's never that big, but he played. Even though he wasn't that big, I think he still played a violent style of hockey with the way he would use his stick and an aggressive stick. Yeah, not just swinging it at people's faces, which he did a couple <laughs> times, but also just the way he would stick check people, and he was. Any board battle with him felt like you were kind of taking your wrists, you know, into uh, might be uh, sacrificing them to Keith's slashes, but that's how guys that size have to play. And you don't have to be six foot three and 240 pounds to play a ferocious, violent style of hockey. And I think Keith did that very, very well. And that's why he that's won why he two Norse
1: trophies. He yeah. He was the perfect way to usher in that kind of post lockout style of hockey where it got a lot faster. With the two-line pass, Mm -hmm. Um, he uh, absolutely great points. He and and I think too a lot of guys coming up now like looked up to Duncan Keith. Yeah, I mean, look how many smaller players we have now. Kane and Keith were those kind of examples for forwards and defensemen, uh, respectively.
2: There was a time I was going to say there was a time when a bunch of defensemen would you would say Duncan Keith's name as they're like in the draft, they'd be like, who were your two, who were the two that you looked at? And Duncan Keith was always one of them. Like Kane was one of them. And like Taves was one of them. Those were the three answers that if you were a small winger, you gave Kane. If you were a small defenseman, you gave um, Keith. And if you were a defensive minded center, you gave Taves or Bergeron. Um, So there were, yeah, there were a ton of kids that looked up to them. It's kind of shifted to like, headman's and stuff like that but
1: the smaller
2: guys the smaller guys are still like they like other guys that are also like small but keith isn't quite as popular an answer in the most recent drafts at least
0: yeah because those kids grew up with him being a a thing and like he isn't a popular answer anymore because he's been in the league so long that like kids who were born when he started his career are entering the draft in two years.
2: Oh yeah. 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 And I'm assuming most of those kids, when they say they grew up watching someone, they probably, when they're like who I like, they're like, who do I compare myself to? They're probably thinking of when they were in their like 14 to 18 age range, which would be the last four years, which Keith wasn't a top, top, top defender since, I mean, he was still very good in certain years, but he wasn't like what he was 2015 and, and 2010 to 2015. Which were his he dreams. also got
1: hurt in uh, sixteen, like early in the year, and missed like ten games or something. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think he slowed down too much after that, but from the injury, but it was kind of like, I don't know. I just thought about that, and it popped into my head.
3: <laughs> it's just I'm I'm sitting here looking at the roster from when the Blackhawks from their uh, Duncan Keith's rookie season.
1: Ugh, and, just and oh, it's it off.
3: It's it's great. That's you got the ABC line, but I mean some of the other like Seabrooks on here too, but. Uh, Matthew probably Barnaby, born. who's in the media.
1: He scored two goals in that game that I went to <laughs> that Keith uh, fought Burroughs in. He scored uh, twice. What a goon.
3: Let's see who else we got. Uh, Tua Marutsu's on was on this roster who just got an assistant coaching job. Craig Anderson was on this team, and Craig Anderson uh, still in the NHL, probably the only guy from that year, still in the NHL. Um, Eric Daze played one game this season. Was so, Bork
1: on that, or was he the next year? Renny
3: Bork, yeah. Randy Bork's on there. There's a bunch of other names that are – that uh, mill and i could go back and forth about but would waste a lot of people's time so let's not do that but the other thing, suck-a-more. The other thing jason the, uh,
1: suckamore is on that team right <laughs> yes
3: yes uh the other thing i was gonna say about Duncan Keith is he got immortalized on uh an episode of letter ketty, so i i don't know what higher honor there is than that <laughs> um, but that that's all i got um so yeah yeah that one's for Duncan cheers Keith. um i uh I feel like I have more Duncan Keith thoughts that I, I'm going to have to sort out in my head and maybe write something about it tomorrow, but, um, and anything else, just Duncan Keith legacy thoughts before we talk about the trade and everything else. Sweet hair. Great hair. Great hair. I, I kind of hope he sticks with the uh, Lord of the Rings extra look that he yeah, did man, thats the last nice look. year.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Sweet. I'm into so, it. So a few else LC- you like legacy thoughts? His number goes to the rafters the instant he, no, says oh, yeah. the word retirement yeah it should be there um,
3: yeah Should be there tomorrow
0: Uh, probably a one day contract to retire a Blackhawk
3: do
1: they do uh, that in hockey
0: like I, I feel like they don't they've,
1: they've they done did. it Madonna, didn't they, they, Madonna did it
0: okay yeah didn't they do it for Bickle um, I'm pretty sure they
1: yeah. did yeah yeah you're right except yeah. they did
0: yeah so they'll definitely do it for do it for Keith if they if they weirdly ever trade Jonathan Tays or Patrick Kane they'll do the same, the same exact thing for them um yeah, like again, y- y'all said it. Uh, this doesn't the run they had doesn't happen without Duncan Keith. Um, there's a reason they gave him the 2015 Conn Smythe uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. If Marion Hosa is Duncan Keith, for sure is. Um, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. yeah. And no, no slight to Hosa, but I mean, Keith's oh, yeah. got, got a resume that's like just. I was going through it today, and like it's, 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 it's historically good.
1: Yeah, In his uh, style of play to win the con Smythe, like defensemen that play that style, don't really win the Conn Smythe anymore. They got to score, and now the the pressure to live up to the
0: mantle of him is on Murphy and Boquist, and hopefully Boquist just doesn't doesn't score as shockingly few goals as Keith did.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> although that one, the year he he only had I think one goal, and he was about to set the like league minimum record for. Worst shooting percentage in a season and then he, in the last game he scored a goal that helped knock the blues out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was, and that was uh such a good such a good night. What was the kid uh Blake something? High Highmore? High No, no. Like Hillman? Yeah, he had the assist on that. His mom came into my store that week.
3: Oh, well that's clearly that's the uh the the I don't know. Term.
1: A really really dumb thing to remember. <laughs> 'Cause she would ask me if we had his uh you always gotta be careful even though if it's family when they're looking for oddball jerseys. <laughs> you can't be like, oh no, we don't have him. He sucks. It's usually like their aunt or something in your store, like. <laughs>
3: um Shepard's good, uh Shepard has thoughts, Melody or uh, Betsy, anything else to add about Duncan Keith and legacy things?
2: I mean, I'll always re- like obviously I'll always remember what was on the ice, but also always remember his 2010 parade speech. Oh yeah. The lion thing. And then also uh the does anybody know a good dentist? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean how baller was him, you know, obviously hockey players lose their teeth all the time, but he like got smacked and then came out not long after and continued to play at a ridiculous level. And
3: and he didn't put on a face shield, if I remember correctly. Like most guys after they lose eight teeth put a shield on so they don't lose more. He did not.
1: I don't if he, I'm, his okay. his shield was Novocaine.
2: <laughs> I think he got I think it's they usually put on a face shield if they've like hurt their jaw and he got smacked right in the teeth and apparently did not hurt the rest of his face at all. <laughs> so he just lost a bunch of teeth but didn't have any like fractures but still, I mean, that was a lot of teeth to lose in one go and He, it didn't even, he didn't even react. You know, like sometimes when people get hit in the puck, they like look like they've been shot. He just kind of (laughs) lay on the ice face down. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not funny. Like it was a (laughs) mosquito
1: bite. The way that you phrase it.
2: (laughs) They do. They look like they've been shot from a sniper. And Duncan Keith just kind of put his hand over his mouth, went down slightly and then got off the ice and he was back. Honestly,
1: respect. I'm going to go get a Duncan Keith souvenir cup out of my cabinet and pour this beer in it. Yeah. Like you
0: remember, you remember the same, the same thing happened. Well, not the same thing, but a very similar thing happened to Andrew Shaw in that 2013 series. I then mean, he went down like you got shot. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. But Andrew Shaw went down like that. Cause he knew it would save time. Okay. Like Andrew Shaw kind of winked when somebody asked him about it later, like he would do it all. He'd be like, yeah, I had blood pouring down my face. Wink, wink. You know, like I got hit in the face, wink, wink. And you're like, duh, we know that you were like, I'm going to pause for a second. Need to pause.
1: Shepard might be the only person who gets this, but to me, Duncan Keith's attitude is just like Orange Cassidy. Yep. Yeah. He's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
3: Do I have to Google who?
1: Yeah, I don't. It's a professional wrestler.
3: Ah, okay.
1: But he just, like, he'll, like, keep his hands in his pockets and just kind of wear sunglasses and shrugs. And I'm like, that's kind of how Keith's attitude is. Not that he's, like... Not into the game. He's very much into the play. He gets pissed off, but like when shit happens, he's kind of like, eh.
3: He just, he did not care about anything other than being a hockey player.
2: Yeah.
0: He did
3: not care about baseball, cup.
0: apparently. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> baseball and serial killers.
1: That's like, this is why <laughs> i be best friends <laughs> with Duncan Keith. We both love that, that, you know, all the same things. Except for his son. I don't know his son. <laughs> Uh-huh. That would be probably very weird if I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I had to clarify. Sorry.
3: Yeah. Thank. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh. I. I. Uh. I don't think I have anything else to add after that one. Uh. But I did look it up. Uh, Paul Canerco also played sixteen years with the White Sox. So that what was one. his first year? Keith or Canerco. Konerko. I just closed. I think like ninety nine. Really?
1: No. No. Before that, right? Yeah.
3: Hold, please. I, I just, 95. 95? I, I no.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh,
3: Canerco's first just, year with the White Sox was 99, and he played to 14.
0: That's
1: about 16 years, though.
3: Well, it says 16 years on baseball reference. Well, two and a half.
1: Oh, because baseball... Cause,
3: 15 cause, and a half, rounded up to 16.
1: Baseball's in one... It's weird because it's in one year, calendar year. So yeah. it's yeah. like... But, uh, no, that's, that's fair. I just... I don't remember. I don't... I mean, I wasn't following the Sox, so... But, yeah. you know... So I
3: made this joke on Twitter, and I just want to see what you guys think about it. Um, Blackhawks going to reacquire Duncan Keith at the twenty twenty three trade deadline, right?
1: Uh, no, they're going to they're <laughs> going to trade sod for him though, specifically. Oh, for they're the going to sign they're going to sign Saad next fourth week. Fourth
0: Brandon Saad trade.
1: Yeah, they're going to sign Saad yes. next week and then trade him for Keith. Well. Um, hopefully Stan Bowman's not here by then.
0: Well, God, I hope he's not here by next week. We'll talk
3: about that for next week's episode, but uh I I have I've started to come around to the thought that if they were gonna fire him, they would have done it already. But that's yeah. that's that's for another podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about him later. I will have plenty of time to air those grievances. Um yeah, I guess we'll we got some more Duncan Keith thoughts uh, might dive into the trade and then we might briefly touch on another rumor that the Blackhawks, uh, another thing that might Blackhawks might be doing with trades in the off season. So I'll come back on the other side of this timeout and listen for that.
2: This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay.
1: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down
0: Just go to frito Snacket.sbnation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void hip. prohibitive. Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-Lay Snacket.sbnation.com.
1: Welcome back to Musings. on Madison, and as promised before the break, I wanted to dive a little bit more, kind of
3: start removing the emotion from it a little bit and start just talking about the Duncan Keith trade from a hockey perspective. And as uh, we were talking about this before we came on the air here, and it seems like we're all kind of in agreement that it's, it doesn't, uh, it's at, at very minimum, a decent trade for the Hawks to maybe even a good trade. Um, I don't, I don't think it, it hurts. Um, they, they shed five and a half million in salary. They don't take any money back. They don't, they didn't have to give up any prospects to unload the contract like they've had to do in the past sky point, Brian Bickle's uh, trade. Um so yeah, so I, I guess that's why I would throw out to the panel is how you feel overall about the impact of the trade from a hockey sense, less from the emotional side of things. And Shepard, I'll go to you first.
0: Cool. Yeah, they did give up a prospect on Tim Sutherland. It's just not a big deal prospect. Um, right. It's not, yeah. Even Alex Nylander would have been a little bit bigger deal. It also isn't Dylan Strom, who was rumored to be a pit to this trade at one point. Um, so that's nice yeah good the good, uh, yeah. news, the good, yeah, the good news is the good news is this is a good trade for the Blackhawks conceivably Caleb Jones is young uh couldn't be a bottom a bottom a bottom third one one two three defenseman bottom four five six the blackhawks have a lot of those um yeah so he might need to be better than that um the bad news is uh this sets them up for a Seth Jones trade I do not want uh
3: <laughs> yeah, that's please, please that no. seems to be the the scuttlebutt on the Twitter machine today, so
0: please please no. They don't need he's no. He's worse than <laughs> Duncan Keith. Seth Jones currently is worse than Duncan Keith. Don't make this trade and then make the Seth Jones trade and pay him more money than Duncan Keith. Oh. That's insane. Go get Dougie Hamilton. What are you doing?
3: I mean, I'm here for Dougie Hamilton all day. Uh Betsy, what about you? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh I don't I don't actually think Caleb Jones is He's 24, okay? He just turned 24. He's only played 93 games and he didn't really get that good of a shot in Edmonton. But I also don't think he showed a whole lot there. He had mediocre numbers outside of attacking the blue line very well, um, preventing zone entries. But the Blackhawks don't do that. So that's not a skill he'll be able to use (laughs) very much with the Blackhawks. Um, Mm. So I'm like, is he going to be is he actually going to make the team or is he really just an enticement? But overall, it's not like, I didn't think that there, since Duncan Keith had exact like complete control because of his um, no movement clause. And there were only rumored to be two teams that were even slightly interested in his preferred area. And that was possibly Seattle who I assume probably wanted something back to take that or Edmonton. So to get anything, even, just a third round pick is fine to me. Um, the only thing that I was like, didn't want was no salary retained, no bad contract coming back. And Bowman did that. So check. Um, yeah. That's literally, that was my floor, you know, <laughs> and they cleared that. So, um, and I think Soderlund going the other way was because of they needed, they wanted contract flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. Cause the Blackhawks have quite a few, contracts right now so they're making room i don't i'm with Shepard. i hope that this doesn't mean that jones is coming not necessarily i don't think jones is i don't think jones is as trash as Shepard does but i also don't think he's good um and i don't think he's worth going to be worth the money but most importantly i don't think he's going to be worth the assets to get him because i don't see how they don't include a Boquist or a mitchell at the very minimum going the other way i just yeah and I don't want either one of them to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And Seth Jones is also not worth the locker room space. When we, again, we have a captain who seems left leaning in his politics, who has a stress disorder. And we keep that in mind so at a QAnon person. Wait, no wait,
3: No wait, Wait, that, like I know there was talk about like the Columbus locker room being like a QAnon. Oh,
0: that's That was because of Seth Jones. That's okay. That's who Seth Jones is.
3: Okay. I didn't re- I thought Seth Jones was on the outside of that. And that's why he Uh-oh. wouldn't
0: leave uh uh-uh, he was on the inside of that. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. well, boy,
2: that's fun. Now they have his brother, who I would assume is kind of like, do you think his brother is similar? So, I mean, it's like they've already taken a hit. Um, I don't know, I just, I would rather them go for the play. If they have to choose between Hamilton and Jones, I would rather them throw money at Hamilton.
3: Oh, absolutely, like, yeah.
2: Even if they were equal players, like even if they both were equally as good, they're not. But if they were... And they both were like similar in the locker room. I would still rather them just throw money rather than assets. I don't think the team should be throwing assets at somebody like that. So if the Keith trade by itself, fine, you know, like a win for Bowman, if you want to be, you know, truthfully, it's a win. Um, Cause he got something out of nothing essentially. But if it's a step to Seth Jones, uh, it could be, it could end up being a, like, it's like a domino that I don't like. So
3: gotcha, gotcha. Mill, what about you? Your thoughts on the? <laughs> no, I are
2: very negative about this.
3: No, I, I don't have. A, I have no disagreement about the the Seth Jones aspect of the of that. What you guys are saying, but Mill, wanted to get your thoughts on the the Duncan Keith trade and from a hockey sense because we all know we hate it from an emotional perspective. But
1: you know, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm on board with you guys about everything that you've said so far. Uh, salary and all that. And uh, I think today when this podcast goes up is the Caleb Jones thing I wrote up, uh, which I just said, you know, his numbers were okay. They weren't really great, weren't terrible, but he only played an average of like 13 minutes. Um, And like, uh, I think Betsy said 93 games uh, in three years. So a small sample size, you put the numbers up to some of the footage, the limited footage we have, uh, you know, he looks like he could, he could play all right. Third pairing guy or jump in. But again, What he does, they don't. The Hawks don't do like where he could be serviceable. Um, The only thing I have to say really different is he is another left-handed defenseman, which they're very lefty-heavy right now. So I don't know if that means that somebody gets moved and they go after a right-handed defenseman somewhere.
3: And I I just, I I just assume that they are going to protect Caleb Jones in the expansion draft now, right? Like that would
1: actually. I'm sorry. I misspoke. I believe he's right. Wait, hold on. He's,
3: he's a left-handed
1: shot. Sorry. (laughs) uh, Which is like, yeah, I was going through it to him. Like they're very left-handed heavy.
2: Yeah. I don't know if they're going to, I hope like, it seems weird that they wouldn't protect him, but um, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Pope, Ben Pope. That was like, they still think that it's going to be Murphy, Zadorov, and Stillman now instead. And I'm like, well, why acquire a guy just for the enticement of like, that's, that seems to be the only reason you would inquire him, acquire him then is to entice his brother, but then he's going to be like, like, it's just a weird situation. They're still back to who are they protecting, and honestly, it shouldn't be Zadorov at all. But you know, we're
0: not. Gonna. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, why why are we protecting Zadorov? What, what what is that? What why? Because the
3: because Haw- the Hawks seem to like him, I guess.
1: I'm I mean, the only I, other thing is he could be teams are dumb; they might think he's a trade asset.
3: My, well, my <laughs> thought is <laughs> if, if, if they protect Caleb Jones, that tells you maybe they're doing this Seth Jones thing. If they don't protect Caleb Jones, maybe he's just here for. As a throw-in, so. The other thing is maybe they that'll might give think, you an indication of what the Hawks' next move
1: is. That's the they also that I have. They might think instead of Seth Jones, we'll, we'll just get his brother. <laughs> you never know. I mean, if they're if they're a similar play style, if he ends up being like that, Betsy and Shepard might get pretty upset because <laughs> they don't like Seth Jones as a player very much. It seems, but the Hawks might like him. I don't friggin' know. I don't know. I don't know what they see in anybody anymore, guys. Don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, we don't see much in their GM anymore, so...
1: Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. But, I was, I, but for what it's worth, though, just generally speaking, I, I think this is a pretty harmless move coming back. Yeah. yeah. I,
2: I, I, I agree th- with.
3: Yeah, I think that's... it. it they, they did not do any further damage to themselves. Like, for a while, I actually had to, like, stop looking at things from Edmonton fans and media things because, of like, there They're was so all gone. this... Tough, it was like Duncan Keith for James Neal. I'm like, get, no. No. Absolutely acting- not. Get that shit yeah. out. Don't even say that out loud.
1: They're acting like we traded, the Hawks traded Zadora for like McDavid or something. They're like, oh yeah. my God, this is terrible. Like, like so, Duncan Keith's still good.
3: So this is this is where I'm going to go full meat at because I feel like for the last, ever since these Duncan Keith trade rumors have started, like all these analytics heavy websites have been tri- uh, tripping over themselves to tell you how bad Duncan Keith has been. And look, I don't want to sound like I'm an anti analytics person. I realize that's what I'm going to sound like Pierre Maguire for a second here. And, but that's just, we're going to have to deal with it. But the context keeps getting lost. Like Duncan Keith was expected to be 2015 Duncan Keith when he clearly was not. And because the the gap between what the Hawks were using him as, and what he is as a player just kept getting wider and wider and wider. And and that's why he kept looking, all his analytic numbers kept looking worse and worse and worse. And I feel like not enough context was provided for why Duncan Keith's numbers had looked so bad for the last three to four seasons. Betoine Shepard might be able to expand upon that in a better way than I did, but I just, I got, I saw, I've seen a lot of Duncan Keith slander over the last three to four days. And it was just really starting to annoy the
0: shit out of me. Yeah. He's 38 years old and he was playing, he's still playing top level competition. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a top four uh, bubble guy who should probably be, be, be like uh, mentoring the, the, the team's youngest defenseman on the bottom pairing going forward. If he's used in that role, he will excel in it. Mm-hmm. If he's given one guy to tutor instead of four
1: of them, uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, what you're saying? I is think he,
0: I think he can still care. What
1: you're saying is he needs to be a bumslayer because he's almost forty.
0: Yeah, yeah
3: I he could, needs to be a bumslayer. Like I could squint and see him as like on a second pairing if you sheltered it a little bit, like not as the shutdown line, but you know, what's well,
1: the problem if he's in his zone and he's he's the guy who's not going all over the place? He's fine, but they don't do that with him. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a lot of use. I mean, uh, again, betsy and Shepard are the, the people who know a lot more analytics than I do, but maybe they could explain more about that but I would ask like isn't his usage probably the biggest problem
2: I think at the very least it's a huge problem you know like like you can't you shouldn't take away the context of how he's been used along with his age you know like it's Mm -hmm. just the way they were like I Edmonton people and like some of the analytics people they're not trying to like like, shit all over him. They're just saying, look, this is how he, he was, and I don't think he's actually going to be top four anymore, which is a fine opinion to have, but you at least need to acknowledge, uh, you know, Chicago's not only been not good, but they've been they've been using him incorrectly for a while. Um, yeah, I think you can't separate those things, and some people aren't doing a good job of it, but...
1: Well, thank you for answering that, because, like, <laughs> I know I, I'm being serious, because, like, people are acting like we sent like they're acting like the hogs boxed up a dead body and sent it there.
3: This is not a bag yeah. of pucks going to Edmonton. It's a little yeah,
1: No, it's like he's usable. I mean, granted Edmonton blows anyway. So
3: well,
0: I, cool. I also, I also think he'll give more effort under a coach. She maybe might respect a little yeah, bit.
3: Yeah, dude, I'm with you. Uh, on yeah, that. There, there, there was that angle of it that I, I, I will be interested to see what Dunkin' Keith looks like in Edmonton because of, that
1: he looks like a highlighter
2: and on top of that i bet you anything that players like Connor mcdavid are excited oh i'm sure like like even even if they're even if duncan keith is on his way out and he's in his twilight years or whatever these are types of players that look up to these guys you know like mcdavid and dry sidle and all of those are like probably very excited about this the same way the kids on the habs look up to shea weber and shea weber is a pylon, you know, like, <laughs> but he's, he was used in a way, at least somewhat, that was vaguely useful um, to the Habs. So, but like the way that some of the kids talk about him from mm-hmm. that team is like that he's the greatest thing ever. And I think if you look at how like Boquist talks about Keith or debrinkit they think he's the greatest thing ever too. So Edmonton should be happy that, like their fans should be happy that their stars are happy. And on top of that, other than the cap hit, they didn't lose anything of value. Okay? Like they lost a third-round pick, who cares? Like third-round picks barely like well, okay, but Mark, like
0: they they can become something. Mark Stone was like a fifth-round pick.
2: Sure, but the probability of it is low. It's a low it's risk. Low. It's super low risk. Yeah, um, I'll, trade, I'll trade I'll trade
3: third-round picks all day. Who who cares? Yeah.
2: And Caleb Jones Might become something, but it's probably slim that he'll be anything more than a third pairing. And Edmonton has several third pairing guys too Mm. that could step up. He
1: might become something if he gets taken by Seattle.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like Keith doesn't have
1: to. Go ahead, Betsy.
2: I was just saying, it goes back to this. You know, we're sitting here saying this is a good deal for the Hawks because they didn't give up salary um, or they didn't give a cap space, you know, um, didn't take any back. Well, it's not a bad deal for Edmonton because they didn't give up
3: anything really. Um, yeah. It, so, it's, I mean, it's only two more years, you know, it, and, and and honestly they could, if they really need to get out from under it, they might be able to buy it out next year. And Keith's salary is like, I think that this season it's like 2 million and the next season. I think it's only like one and a half. It's way yeah. it's a, it's a contract that would actually be illegal now because of the gap between his salary and his cap hit uh, because he signed it back in like, God, 2009, I think. Like, it was a 13 year contract. Um, so he's,
1: <laughs> yeah, which is I another. Think, uh,
3: God damn, that was, yeah, uh, December think, uh, 3rd, 2009 is when he signed that deal. Holy shit.
1: I think Betsy made a great point, though, when you talked about these guys, like, really looking up to him because Edmonton's roster, anybody that they have that's old, they haven't won shit in their life. Yeah. Like, I hate to say it like that, but it's like Mike Smith or James Neal. Like, come on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's also, it's also not the worst cap hit on their, on their, uh, Roster because they have Zach Cassie that like four million. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> Having Zach <laughs> Cassian hey, in general Keith? is just a problem.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. They've Edmonton's made bigger mistakes for sure, and like they, Dunk Keith, he walks into that room and maybe maybe it's the shot in the ass that they need. Like I, I think sometimes the uh, hockey people in general, I think they overvalue you know leadership and intangibles and all those things. But I mean, if if there is any. Anything to be gained from that? I think you know, having Duncan Keith walk into your locker room is going to do that, because mainly it's just, uh, you know, you don't want to piss, piss don't want to piss him off, because I, I, you know, because he has a rep. Like he got in a fight with Taves at practice a year ago. That's also awesome. beat the shit out of Ben Smith.
2: Like, I was to say sure. Ben Smith fight.
1: <laughs> so I mean, like, I get like that. That sounds really bad if you're not familiar with. How this stuff goes, I'm not advocating for it, but that just shows you how much sometimes they get pissed off to a point because they care. Not yeah. saying you should fight about it, but I mean, like Dave, you said, like that might be the shot in the ass that they need. Like these are young guys that they might just not give a shit about certain things. They need to,
3: and and maybe Duncan Keith shakes up that room to the extent that maybe somebody like any any new ideas for Edmonton are probably good ideas at this point.
1: He's like, fuck it, my teeth are all fake at this point. <laughs>
3: Although I will say I'm seeing this this tweet that just came across. Uh, apparently, uh, Edmonton GM Ken Holland is meeting with the media. He uh, he cited the acquisition of Chris Chelios in 1999 by Detroit in defending his trade for Duncan Keith. Uh, for context, my, yeah, from the Blackhawks. Which my uh,
1: fucking vitriol level just went up.
3: Sorry, sorry, Mel. I know this is going to trigger you, and it, it hurts me a little okay. bit. Too. but for context, Chelios got Norris votes the year that Holland acquired him. Duncan Keith is five years removed from the last time he received a vote for that trophy.
1: So. Well, that's because the league changed, and it's all guys who score 60 goals now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll argue, not saying Keith shouldn't have gotten votes, but that's just the way it is.
3: Yeah. And he also like, um, well, I was like, Chelios went to a team that was in the middle of a very dominant run. Duncan Keith went to a team that is very much not. So.
1: Yeah fuck them that 2002 team with down the line from that would have never happened in this era yeah that should be illegal and you know terrible
3: <laughs> but we've moved on though that's a good point right
1: yeah they're bad now too so at least we have that
3: <laughs> all right well i guess i don't know what other duncan keith things we have um i think that's pretty much wrapping up uh all of those things uh really quickly before we get out of here though we did want to t- dive into the latest rumor that has emerged regarding the Blackhawks and did not see this coming at all, uh, but this was a Scott Powers report this evening f- uh, over at The Athletic that according to a league source, the Blackhawks could be in play for Shepard's guy, Vegas Golden Knights goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury.
0: Okay, he's not my guy. I, have <laughs> def- I, I definitively have two guys on the Vegas Golden Knights, my second team, and neither of them is Mark andre Fleury. If they were in if they were in on either of my guys, I'd be ecstatic.
1: Stone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only guy. I mean, I like Flurry. I'm a fan, but uh, Yeah, I do too. There's no reason for them to get him at this point where they're at.
2: Yeah, no.
3: like go ahead, Betsy.
2: Focus on the team in front. They can yes. play defense. Yes. Not the goalie we just saw what happened when you know, with the Jets, for example, Hellebuck did as much as he could, and he got them to the second round, and that's it. And then they got straight murdered, okay? And the Habs are a better team, but they shouldn't have made it all the way to the finals, uh, the final. And they wouldn't have if Carey Price hadn't been ridiculous most of the rest of the series. Um, yeah. Series. series? I don't even know the plural series. Um, series. series Okay. Um, series. <laughs> series. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> serious, serious. Uh,
2: so I mean, it's just a perfect point of view. And then the guy that won the Vesna didn't make it past this other guy. So it's like focus on the team in front. And if you happen to get an a, an extremely good goalie, too, great. But focus on the team in front first, please.
1: <laughs> I think I think this was a bunch of BS. This is like when somebody reported Hawks kicking the tires on Evgeny Malkin it's like no they're not like, like they've, what, they've also the, pro- the, the problem is it's Sydney got, it's got powers
2: yeah but i mean it might I'm not be saying, like go ahead
1: i was just saying i don't want to say powers is bullshitting i'm saying whoever the source is like for him you know what i'm saying
2: it also might be the same type of situation where obviously the blackhawks reached out about eichel but it wasn't like a. it was just a Hey, what, what what's the going rate right yeah. now?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Kind would of be,
2: situation. They Rather than an aggressive push for goaltenders, they probably are looking for an upgrade and they probably did speak to Vegas about their goalies. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. No, at, I agree. That's why I'm saying. It's see. probably not that serious. That's all yeah. I'm mean. like, exactly. like, yeah. At some
3: point, you have to pick up the phone and make the call just to see what the price is. Like, that's your job as a general manager. Whether or not it goes beyond that is another story.
1: Yeah, it's um, like window yeah. shopping.
3: Exactly, they're they're window shopping.
1: Yeah, that's that's all my thing because like a lot of times these reports are very like serious because the Hawks like if they want Hamilton, it's like well they need Dougie Hamilton, but like with something with flurry, it's like they probably just inquired because he's probably looking to get out if if they don't want to pay, can't pay him or whatever it is. I don't know.
2: I think he wants yeah. to stay in Vegas, but they have to shed money, and
1: because they need a number one center. Yeah. 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 Well, and- they just gave all that money to. Robin Leonard.
2: <laughs> yeah, which is why they're going to keep him is because he's long term versus Flurry, who's one older and two only one year left.
1: Yeah, we love a good Robin Leonard poopoo game, don't we? <laughs> well, I, I I still think if they, if they were going to be in on a on a Golden edge goaltender,
0: it, would, it makes more sense to be Robin Leonard.
3: Well, I think the cap the the contract is different though. Isn't Leonard on a long term deal out yes. right there? Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. I think it's because Flurry is on an expiring contract is why he might be more appealing. But, but speaking of Robin Leonard, I mean, go back to the uh, 2019, 2020 Chicago Blackhawks who had Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford, probably the best goalie duo in the league that season. And that team still finished 23rd out of 24th and needed a pandemic to expand the playoff field just to qualify for a qualifying round.
1: And so, Crawford got them a win in that playoff. Yes. That is the only reason.
3: So yeah, to, to Betsy's point, make yeah. the players in front of the goalies better.
1: Um, I and I still
3: would like to see more out of Kevin Lankman. Like I'm I'm not convinced he's the guy, but I would like to see more. I would like to see him just show us why he is not. Because he's uh there are moments where he certainly looked like he could be. So
1: um, and real quick, just to add to because I, I like the way Betsy phrased that of you know, focus on the, the team you already have in front of you. It's like, also like give those young guys time to play. Don't bring people in to block them from playing.
3: Oh, like Caleb Jones. Well, <laughs> that, was, that it, was the thought I had. I, as you guys were talking, I forgot to say it, but like Caleb Jones is almost like kind of getting in the way.
1: What? I mean, Caleb Jones is only 24. So it's not like he's, he's not young, young, but he's not like 30 where it's like, he's been in the league a long time. Right. Uh, so who knows with that? But yeah, that's, it's the thing. It's like, if you're going to make it about these young guys, well, they need to play, but we've done that show, haven't we? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've done, we've done a lot of those shows. Uh, it's kind of nice though, that we are back, we're back in the off season now and there's like, like, I hate the the worst time of the year for me as a sports fan in any sport is when your team is eliminated from the playoffs until that postseason ends like yeah it's cool to watch the postseason and all that but as a fan like my interest level it's kind of hard when there's like your your team's not part of the story now like the blackhawks are obviously very much part of the story for reasons good and very very bad but um it's just nice to have like this part of the schedule again because well i'm sure there's more trades coming on the road than the expansion draft next week and then the actual draft the weekend and then free agency starts so uh fun part of the hockey calendar i'm kind of glad we're, we're getting to do this all again because obviously last year was weird so
0: yeah it's also really hard or was that really hard this year because one of the most boring teams the nhl made it all the way to the stanley cup final.
3: <laughs> that sound you hear this, is the city of montreal gonna cause me. knocking on shepherd's door
1: this team's gonna cause me to good luck, <laughs> luck fighting me <laughs> that's it actually too Shepherd, uh
3: the tweet from down goes brown that night that said i i it was a The the gist of it was that he was glad the Tampa Bay Lightning won because if Montreal had won, it would have taught a lot of teams. Like Montreal just caught lightning in a bottle, got really had a a really good month or two of uh, of hockey and ran to the conference, ran to the cup final, and then got their asses handed to them by they shot
1: suppressed themselves to a mercy killing.
3: Yeah, yeah. So the idea, like, don't try and recreate what Montreal did because that was more. I don't want to say more luck than anything else, but that is not sustainable for long-term success. The team that just repeated as a Stanley cup champion, that's the model you should be yeah. following because that is literally long-term success. They've won two titles in a row. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can have a cigarette boat parade down the Chicago river. <laughs> time.
3: Although they got monsooned in Tampa, they broke or they dented the Stanley cup. I don't know if you guys have seen these pictures going around.
1: Yeah. Sure learned how to swear. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that cup's been dented worse than that before uh, in
1: 99 when dallas won they went to hit the pantera house and had a party and someone threw it off the balcony into the pool and broke the chalice off yeah
2: i mean there's I mean, typically like three of them um, yeah so but it,
1: it's see why. <laughs> imagine throwing that thing it weighs like 30 pounds off a balcony into a pool <laughs> that's crazy well i love it though i mean Alcohol
3: yeah. makes you do some weird things.
1: Some would say. Some would say. Um,
3: all right. Well, do we do we want to do a food take? I mean, we can. Yeah, you got one. I I got one. Uh, I was I was thinking about this. So yeah, let, let's do a food take. Um, we haven't done one in a while. Uh, so I'm I'm just gonna throw one out there, and then we'll get back into some rotation as uh as we go in with these things. But I just had a revelation. I, as I I've had a potato based thought with these earlier. But uh, on the subject of French fries, I feel like people get really fancy with like curly fries and waffle fries and all this other shit. Crinkle cut fries are the best fries. Hands down, get get the rest of them out of here. Just give me crinkle cut French fries and that is all I need because those are the
0: best French fries. No. I, I think even hotter takes, all French fries are overrated. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they are they are condiment
2: vessels, and that is it. I don't even eat my fries with condiments.
3: So condiment vessels sounds wildly inappropriate, <laughs> but but uh, but Betsy, you said like it is
1: an objection, so please go on. <laughs> but it isn't.
2: <laughs> I like horseshoe fries the best. um In terms of what the hell are horseshoe fries? Not horseshoe, uh, shoestring. Shoestring. Oh my god! I don't know why my brain said that. I was I about to say like, those are
3: some big ass fries. I've seen oh,
2: no idea. <laughs> some big ass. Oh, my gosh, was like, she was like, I think I know what she's trying to say. I don't know how yeah. you did that. <laughs> how did you? I want, how did you jump from my brain? I want horseshoe word. fries
0: now, though. I
3: really
2: do. I want you to know it's because I have Tumblr open right now because I'm looking for tips. I mean, the fucking horseshoe on the page. What the fuck, myself? Okay. Oh. Okay, well, either way, shoestring fries are the best to me. Um, when you're talking about non-seasoned fries, but curly fries are the best because they usually come in different seasonings. So I go back and forth on those. If I want plain fries, it's going to be shoestring. If I want seasoned fries, it's going to be curly. But they're skinny curly. So shoestring fries that are curled. I can
1: ride with you Dave. I like uh I like a crinkle cut texture. Um but I, I don't think they taste different than regular fries. I,
3: I like the only place like I mean other fries other fries are good. I'll I'll, I'll like the the one that, the like the shoestring curled ones like they they're good and all but like the only fast food place I can think of off the top of my head that's like a national chain is uh White Castle gives you crinkle cut fries and those are really good. This is a very specific Northwest Indiana reference. I don't think these have crossed the border into Illinois yet, so Mill might be the only other person who knows this. But Zells, the French fries at yes. Zells, are the fucking best. The cut—they're always like really good and crispy and just.
2: Do you guys have Shake Shack's up there?
3: We yeah, uh, there's a few that yeah. are popping up. Uh, only have, like in the rich summer We have
2: crinkle, we have crinkle cut fries. Those oh. are good.
3: All right. Well, guess I'm going to a uh, guess I'm going to Shake Shack pretty soon. I think yeah, Portillo's one in the loop too, but I don't go to the Loop a ton.
1: Dude, in college, is
0: I also Zell's famously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Portillo's also famously
1: crinkle cut fries.
3: Yes, Portillo's yeah. also gets in on the crinkle cut fries. You know
1: what? Maybe it's a hot dog place thing. Because like <laughs> Zell's <laughs> maybe, is hot dog. Maybe
3: that's man. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Although I mean I, L- White Castle, but yeah. Well, Would White you,
1: Castle is everything. They have macaroni and cheese bites. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which do you prefer over fries and tots? Because I love me some tots.
3: I mean, too. if they're crinkle cut fries, I'll take the fries. But uh, tots are real good. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to besmirch tots because that's our high quality potato products. But
1: tots are a show thing. Like they, uh, like Bottom Lounge and Bee Kitchen and stuff. They all serve tots.
2: At there's a place. Do you guys have a place called Bojangles?
1: Uh, they like don't, the chicken place? No, yeah.
2: they
3: don't make it this far north. They're
2: I not, know what
1: it is, but
2: they don't have tots. But they, if you get their breakfast, they're kind of like tots. They're they're round but squished a little bit, like they're flat. The hash
0: browns.
2: Um, they're, they're hash, <laughs> they are hash browns, but they're like. Their, their texture is more tot than hash brown to me. Oh, they're delicious. I,
0: I don't know why I thought that was so funny.
3: Because it was.
2: <laughs> He's like, it's what it is. It's a tot, but it, it's a hash brown tot. I mean,
3: it's but just a, it's a fried potato. Like there, there's, I mean, that's, hence the name French fries, but.
2: Just the way that it's, you, the way tots have that texture in it, it reminds me more of a tot than hash browns, though hash browns, I guess, are tots. Like tots are hash browns, but in tot form.
0: Fast <laughs> food hash browns are tots regular hash browns and like a diner are like they're sort of like it's like a fries, size so a yeah. little bit yeah. Yeah. You a do that. yeah
2: maybe that's why I like hash browns so much but it's I like
1: poti-
2: it. I love potatoes so you
1: know <laughs> do you guys remember the potatoes that were like smiley faces like in mm-hmm. school yes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I don't know what that's but those, called but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with that
3: but those weren't as good as crinkle
1: cut french fries actually they weren't good at all I don't think <laughs> <You know? laughs> no they just look cool
2: you know, fries people tend to like a lot, but I do not like at all. Or waffle fries.
1: Yeah, uh, I. Th- you know what? I've I've soured on those. In general. No, they're so good at the Sox games where they have garlic, parmesan, and butter all over. Them. All,
3: right,
2: all right, but that's okay, not well, because of the that's, fries. That's yeah. because of all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, but that's. I mean, it gives me a reason to have a, like, a horse like in the race.
2: Super popular in the South because of Chick Fil A, which is a hate. You know, it's like hate chicken, so I don't eat there. Mm-hmm. But. um Everybody loves their fries too, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. The hate has tainted those as well. But in general, I don't like waffle fries. Is that?
1: Do you think that's because of like it's like there's chicken and waffles, so they're just serving up fries because it's fast food. So it's like chicken and waffle fries, even though it's not the same flavor.
2: Very possibly. Now, now I'm having to
1: think about
0: what Popeyes uh, fries are. Biscuits. I I think. (laughs) 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 You just get you just get biscuits. I think
2: they're just like Asian fries are like not, they're not as thin as shoestring, but they're
3: I think they're rectangular in shape, so they're not crinkle cut.
2: They're not, no, yeah. no, they're flat, but they always have um, bits of the peel on them. So.
3: I feel like because of the crinkle cut nature that somehow that affects the cooking process and somehow they, crinkle cut always seem to be crispier french fries than non-crinkle cut.
2: See, I always think they're soggier. Maybe mm. we're just eating different crinkle cut. <laughs>
1: Well, like keep in mind, Dave and I live in an area that's like a, a black hole, and it's its own weird place. It's like yeah, the Black we, Lodge.
3: We do tend to deep. They, they they tend to fry a
0: lot of stuff around here. It's not.
3: I, I would, mean,
2: I live in the South, where deep frying is <laughs> okay. like a pastime. Touche.
0: I mean, but, but no, isn't but isn't Indiana's like signature dish just like a sandwich that's like a mile wide that's a, just pork?
3: A pork tenderloin, yeah. But <laughs> and and. It's delicious. But um
1: but like we're not even really in Indiana. We're just in this weird no man's land between Illinois and Indiana.
3: Yeah, it's 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 very strange. Uh I I can't even describe it to you. It's just, it's just a weird spot. The people who are like the three people who listen to this podcast that live in that area are probably nodding their head like, "Yeah, yeah, it's a weird area. I can't describe it to you. You got to you have to go there."
1: You just have to listen to me on this podcast. You're like, "Oh, it's those types of people."
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Um, all right. Well, I think this is a perfect place to wrap up this year episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thanks to Mill Shepherd and Betsy for hanging out this evening. Shepard is on Twitter at Shepherd Price. Mill is there at Mill 182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the username LBR. And that's where you can find all our stuff. Um, we'll have, all the Duncan Keith trade stuff is there. Uh, well, I uh, might have some more reactions coming up. Mills got a piece uh, dissecting Caleb Jones a little bit further, so uh, so keep an eye out for that. Any other trades or free agency stuff that happens, uh, we'll write about that. We've got some draft profiles coming your way, looking ahead to the draft next weekend. So plenty of stuff at SecondCityHockey.com for you to waste time while you're at work. Um, But thank you again for listening to this episode. For Shepard, for Muriel, for Betsy, I'm Dave. And as always, go Hawks.